This episode is brought to you by the new D9 Business Directory. Shop Greek-owned brands from a variety of categories. And if you are Greek, author, or business owner, add your profile today at d9business.com. Honoring those trailblazers who preceded us is just as important as leaving a legacy for those who will follow us. Greekly speaking is about highlighting Greeks today who are creating positive change for tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, welcome to Greekly Speaking. I'm Eric, and joining me for this episode is Margaret Ellen Hocker of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. She was initiated in the Pi Sigma Zeta chapter of Zeta Phi Beta in 2012. She's an entrepreneur, a podcast host, wife, mother, and activist. Her Black Maggie podcast is streaming live now on your favorite podcast app. Please welcome to Greekly Speaking, Margaret. How are you doing, Miss Maggie? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, I'm great. It's a good day to be alive, and I'm just going to put a period behind that. Okay. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, what's going on with you? Uh, you know, just getting the day started. I'm really excited to to be here, right? And um, yeah, I don't. I, I always have a lot going on, so I don't make lists. <laughs> you know, I can tell because I, I noticed you out on social media, and I think. It's rare that the branding will just stop you in your track. I was like, wow, I totally get everything about that. And I hadn't even been to your site yet. What I saw when I got there is exactly what I would hope to see. Something that I, you know, I'm, I'm not a black woman and living in America, but I was able to relate to so much of the content. And I thought it was so beautiful that so many of our young girls can grow up and learn to self-express and be activists and things like that because they have these guidelines and these templates all over the world that they can follow. And I was like, man, I got to meet this person and see where our head is at and how can we spread some more of that love? So um, that's why you're here. So thank you once again. And um, for our listeners out there, hey, why don't you just uh, let us know, first of all, where are you from originally? Well, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, um, born and raised, but I live a very colorful life. And so there's some people that know me from New Orleans, some people that know me from Atlanta. Um, I spent some time in the Navy. So, um, okay. yeah. <laughs> Navy, Navy. It's all good. I love that. So did you have any um, Greek influences in your life coming up? So, um, yes and no. Right. So growing up, I'm an only child. And like, I don't know if you know any other like only children from the like growing up in the 90s a lot of latchkey kids you spend a lot of time watching tv and I'm a comedy nerd which is a thing that people probably don't know about me and Cheryl Underwood um was my favorite and because I also grew up without cable so I only saw like the Friday night (laughs) stuff um but at the end of every set she always would shout out the Greek letter organizations and explain a little bit about Zeta so um, as I grew up and had an opportunity to like get out into the world a little bit more on my own, um, I was in an entrepreneurship like summer camp and I saw some women going by with Zeta shirts on as I was working, you know, we had like a hot dog stand or something like that we were doing. Um, and so then I'm like, well, I need to go on break. And I went and I chased them down. I was like, hey, like, I want to be like you when I grow up. Tell me what I need to do. And they were like, you know what? We have a youth group. And so then I became an Arcanet 
Um, and the rest is really history. Like no matter how far I went, when I went to the Navy, um, there was always somebody that stayed in contact with me um, and kind of made sure I was still alive. Um, and so then when I made my way back to Cincinnati, I came on home. Wow, that is awesome. So you, you, you saw your path right away and you just stayed on it. I love that. So um, how does your family feel when you, when you explain to them about this, uh, this, this, this sorority thing that you were going to do? Yeah. So my parents, um, neither of them are Greek. Um, both of them attended college. My mom, she finished her master's, but they weren't really into Greek life all like that. My dad, he was a firefighter my whole life. So the only thing that he ever knew was like stuff from the 80s and the 70s that people don't do anymore so he was like oh I don't know why you would want to do that I'm like dad I don't know what you're talking about right um but they were very supportive because they knew it was just something that I wanted my whole life they were like oh that's the thing that you used to do when you were a teenager so yeah they were excited now now I have cousins right that are from down south and the most of them are deltas and they didn't really know me like that. The only thing they knew is if, you know, my mom or dad sent like newspaper clippings or something down south. So when I showed up to one of the events, I don't remember what it was. I had a Zeta bag and they were like, what? <laughs> oh. Um, so that was an exciting, that was an exciting response. <laughs> that was a moment. Almost all of them are Deltas. It Uh-oh. was, but it was fun though. It was fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know how that, that, that inter-family rivalry t- kind of gets, you know, you get those side-eye looks, you know, like how many people were initiated with you? So I am uh, the the club. Okay. Okay. I know the last uh, Zeta, I saw another Zeta that you interviewed and I was like, Trey club is going to represent, <laughs> but um, another yeah, three. All right. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're the ones that's going to be outgoing, uh, show up get in the mix it was interesting for me our, our line name was diversity because diversity came from yes because we came okay. from completely different backgrounds right we have uh, one of us she's a nurse i feel like she's a nurse practitioner now she's ascended right okay. um another she worked with like americorps when we were going through so she's always been in service and social work and things like that and i missed business so <laughs> obviously <laughs> right <laughs> So that's what um this business getting it done. So what what kind of community service projects or community initiatives was your chapter known for? So we are known for two events that I that I feel like Rona and racism kind of took away from us. One was uh we used to do a bus trip for the football game between the Bengals and the Browns. And oh wow, that okay. was a hit for years, right? Um, we used to do that. And then we also have an event called Girls to Women. Um, and that's not gone huh. from us, but I think we're trying to figure out how to do that in a virtual space. But basically, um, when it was in person, we would provide meals, breakfast and lunch for up to like 150 um, women and children, women and, and daughters, and provide a full day of programming for everything from like, you know, health and hygiene to how to get into college. In the last uh, iterations of it, we actually invited like the public library and some more like financial literacy people to come up and set up in a marketplace. And we Mm. actually had some shopping. So it's like, we had such a big thing, um, but it kind of dwindled down. But the thing that we are most known for is our resilience and our ability to adapt and adjust in adversity. So uh, we've, we found ways to still 
reach the people even though um, it's virtual. Obviously, you got the professional mic set up. You know, you you adapted pretty well, and and I like that. You know, because that's what happens with diversity, right? You you get the best of all aspects and perspectives, and it's great to see you and your chapter implementing those ways. But again, and I said this at the top of the segment, your brand just speaks toward that mentorship and that role model aspect for our our young women, right, and our girls coming up. So if someone was in a hot dog stand, you know, selling hot dogs in high school and they were thinking about going Greek, what advice would you give them? Um, I would say, first of all, research the research the people before you, right? What impact did they have on the world and what areas did they excel? Because I, I will say um, it's it's good to get around people that have the same ideas as you, but it's it's really good to get yourself into a space where people can actually help you with your career path because Black Greek Letter Organizations is a lifetime commitment. And it's a hard thing if you, if you get into a space where everybody is teachers, <laughs> but nobody is into like, you know, the, the other stuff. So it's like, find the people that are um, moving in the space that you would like to move as you consider beyond college right what type of person do you want to be in the world and everybody is good everybody has great things everyone has um, attributes that are going to be positive so even if you make a choice where it's like man I'm by myself you have an opportunity to blaze a path so there's I don't feel like there's a wrong choice but I, I think that you should just find your vibe so it's, 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 it's not about what you select. It's about the process, right? Just kind of evaluating. Yeah. I love that. that. That's beautiful that you point that out. So it sounds like Zeta's had a good impact on your life. It has. It I has. love it. So tell us about Black Maggie. I love the branding. What is that about for our listeners? So um, I grew up in a space where, you know, it was myself and my grandmother were the two people that I knew named Margaret right? That, that looked like me. I spent a lot of time alone. A lot of times, you know, either I'm the only black person or I'm the only woman or something like that. I spent a lot of time alone. And, and in that, I kind of developed this, I won't even say like a, a, a persona, but I think that me reading the perception that others have of me it was like, okay, well, Black Maggie, that 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 makes the most sense. Because anytime they'll say like, well, do you go by Margaret Ellen? Because my family says the whole thing like a tribe called Quest. But, you know, people will be like, well, I, you know, is there another name? Um, so I, th- that's where the name came from. And really it was birthed out of me needing to express myself. I write uh, for a living because I also have a corporate career. <laughs> but I write um, to feed myself. But I wanted to be able to do something that was, you know, kind of like soul feeding, not something that was just, you know, reading over contracts and going over, <laughs> going over things. So it was born out of me needing to have that outlet. And I wanted to be very intentional because I've had blogs before. I've done like hair blogs and things like that. But I wanted to be intentional that I didn't box myself in because I'll have a wave of a feeling of like, you know, I need to, to tackle this thing or like the community will, will, will be speaking to a thing that I really want to speak to. And so I didn't want to box myself in and just be like, well, I just talk about hair. Or I just talk about whatever. So that's kind of how it came about. So 
some of the things that I have going on uh, over the summer when everybody was like asking for, you know, well, black people tell us what to do, right? I was like, oh, we need a place that we can have a break. So I had a, an urban homesteading live class weekly where I called in um, my loctician. She's a master gardener. Um, I had her come in and like, she did it to, you know, she just accepted donations. And we did a live class for anybody that wanted to come and learn how to garden. And it's something that's peace. It's not black trauma. It's just us, you know, being one with the earth. So that's a, a live event that I had going on. And in doing that and setting everything up to have that happen, I was like, well, shoot, I might as well do a podcast. And, and I was very intentional in putting my season one together because I wanted the content to be useful and timeless. I didn't want to be talking about people. That's not my vibe. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to be, you know, discussing current events and things like that. Um, we speak to some things that are relevant to current events, but really we were able to capture concepts and I was able to tap into some experts to give me some insight on things because I love to learn and I wanted to share that with my audience. So the the overarching encompassing brand, there's a blog that if you want to go back and read back, you know, when I was pregnant with my son and I was tripping about how that was going to work. And, you know, there's um, some of the, I don't think we recorded any of the live things. We kind of left that a sanctuary, but if you stay tapped into my Instagram, um, whenever we kick those back up, you can get invited. And uh, binge season one is my mantra right now. We're working on recording season two. What's next for you? Some other projects that I'm working on. Um, when we were doing the Urban Homestead and Live series, I was considering a lot about um, my friends and family that are and have been incarcerated and the options that they have when they leave that space. And so while that's not, you know, centrally focused on surviving and thriving as a Black woman, particularly, it still is because we're still mothers and wives and, and you know, sisters and daughters to a lot of these men that come out and don't have a lot of opportunities. And so in the, in that urban gardening space, in the urban homesteading space, my team, which really can, you know, it consists of my elders, my mom, um, my lactician and, and the people that I love around me, we are seeking to build something so that, you know, when these men come out, when these women come out, um, they have some options. So uh, I'm I'm open to the universe right now. I want to put that out there. I wanted to make sure I said it <laughs> on a recording somewhere because I, I need the solid idea that something's sustainable. But that's the that's the soul path that I'm on. Uh, you know, we had I had a guest on our thought session podcast that mm -hmm. I would love to connect with you when you're ready to take that step. He's he's worked in that space. He's a a, a licensed psychologist and therapist, counselor, and he's talked specifically about that. So, you know, my goal is to experience a network where, you know, if there is something that you wanted to do, someone you're talking to today can help you find someone that can help you a little, little bit further. So that hopefully we'll see where we go with that. So until right. then, hey, you keep doing what you're doing as far as helping um, 
just just spread a little sunshine. And, and I'm looking forward to 2021 now um, because of people like you and, and the things that you're doing. You know, one show, one episode at a time. Don't stop. I understand the struggle, but I, I do also appreciate the, the joy. So I know you love what you do. I can tell you've been smiling ever since we've been on. <laughs> so it must be something good about it. How can people learn a little bit more about you and your brand? Well, uh, the easiest way is to visit blackmaggie.com, traditional spelling of both words, and everything you need to know is there. Um, We are also, if you search Black Maggie uh, in any of the uh, DSPs, you'll find us. All right, Margaret Ellen Hawker. I love this. Hey, Black Maggie, the podcast is streaming everywhere. You enjoy your podcast. Check out our website, blackmaggie.com. Thank you so much for talking to us on Quickly Speaking, and we wish you the best of success in the future, okay? Thank you.